Hey guys, when we started this project, we were not sure how hard it would be to edit, record everything, and then eventually distribute. But then luckily, someone told us about Anchor. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Secondly, they have creation tools that will allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or your computer. They distribute your podcast for you. And the best thing is you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We're in the state of confusion. Questions on your mind. Send in Letitia and Brandy. Gonna help you unwind. We're hanging out together, even though we're long. We'll pass it on over. Sorry, we're stoned. So here we are, episode three. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I cannot believe oh. that I, Tish Cyrus, have a podcast. I cannot believe. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, it's so cool. I know. You you slay the podcast. I feel like I do. I feel like you always start out, like, a little, like, self-conscious and overthinking, and then once you get in a groove, you're, I'm, you're like, slay. You know what? It's honestly, like, today, I was super excited about doing this because I was, like, 4.30, I'm ready, and Brandy calls and or texts, and I was like, can we do 5.30? And I'm like, what? Like, I'm sitting here waiting, excited to do our podcast. Oh, like I was sitting here waiting on Thursday at our scheduled time, ready to podcast, and no one answered me for a full 45 minutes. You moved it to Monday at noon when I was going to be in the Gatlinburg Mountains. How was that, by the way? It was fab. I know we've already talked a little bit about it off off the mic, but for those that don't know, I went glamping in the um, Appalachian, uh, the Smoky Mountains. It's not that place mountains. We did the Appalachian Trail a little bit. It was really cool. We stayed at a place called Under Canvas. So for those that want to get in the outdoors and sleep outside, but sleep in a king-size fluffy bed with a shower and a toilet at your convenience, then Under Canvas is the place for you. That sounds like something I would actually like. Yeah, it was really great. And it's cool because I've so I went to that place in Yellowstone last year with Rye. And what's great is they don't have Wi-Fi at camp and there's no cell reception because I have crappy T-Mobile. Um, so it kind of forces you to unplug and embrace the solitude a little bit, you know, like we, we got service on our hikes uh, every now and then, but for the most part, when you're at camp, like you can't be sitting scrolling on your phone because there ain't no reception. Want to hear about the last time I was in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and I think you were probably with me at Dollywood. Really? I was like, I've never been here before. Oh, I think you have. I was pregnant with Noah. I thought I was going to barf every 20 minutes the entire day. Of course, I didn't get on a ride. I didn't do anything. I was so sick. I just wanted to get through the day and that is it. And it was so miserable, even though Dollywood is so great. I was so sick. It was like, I will just never forget the feeling of like the heat and the nausea. Oh, so that like Gatlinburg does not bring up good memories for me. Well, we should, we should do a family trip back to Dollywood. It sounds kind of (laughs) nice. And you always, okay. Family stories. We talk about family stories. It's also the same vacation where both Brazen and Molly both choked on a cheese stick. (laughs) done that too was it are you sure it wasn't me oh no I think it was two of the kids I thought this trip was Molly and Brazen but maybe it was you and Molly vivid memories of choking on a cheese stick but I (laughs) it was but it's I just I remember like freaking out and trying to pull it out and it just kept coming and coming like I was like 
oh my gosh. Like I was like ready to call 911. Here's the problem. If you take a bite of the cheesesteak and you only swallow half of it, this sounds really dirty, but like the cheese doesn't get, that doesn't get split. So you have half a cheesesteak down your throat and half of it's still in your mouth and the cheese just going down and it hits your gag reflex and it's terrifying. I mean, like it was, Molly and I were just talking about it the other day. She was like, I literally have PTSD. It's like insane. I didn't eat cheesesteaks for a long time because of that. (laughs) That is hilarious. Another thing, when I was pregnant with Molly, I literally lived on cheesesteaks from Red Lobster. It was the one thing I craved constantly. You know what my go-to cheesesteak is? (laughs) What? The fact that I have a go-to cheesesteak, but I do. It's Sonic. Their mozzarella sticks, they really are so good. That's my go-to. Okay, so you have to tell the people that we we drove through the National Park and into North Carolina. And so when you spit out of the National Park on the North Carolina side, you're in Cherokee, which is the actual Cherokee Indian reservation. And I've just grown up my whole life with my parents telling me stories about our heritage with the Cherokee Indians. And so I told my mom I was there. And what did you tell me, mother? About what? <laughs> the Gaffney? Is that what the place called? Can we tell that? Yes. That that tells more about me. <laughs> I think so. Let's talk about it. Okay. So we we drove through the park and when you spit out the opposite side, you're in Cherokee, North Carolina, which is super cool because it's the actual Cherokee Native American Indian Reservation. Okay. So yeah, your dad always talked about, you know, that his great, 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 great grandmother or something was Cherokee. And I think a lot of that was him wanting to be (laughs) like his dream. Like, you know, it was just as a little boy, that's who he wanted to be. And so, but the weird thing was, is your dad would always say to me, believe it or not. And I know you're not going to believe me. I think if any of us have Cherokee blood, it's you. And I'd be like, yeah, blonde hair, blue eyes. Right. Pale. And he, he just always would say, it doesn't matter. Like your forehead, your cheekbones, how you have like your eyes, you know, you just have a lot of those features. And um, I would be like, I just don't believe you. Still don't know if that's true at all. But I will say, I'm not for sure if a lot of people know that I'm adopted. And years and years ago, I literally had a file opened and um, to search for my birth parents. And when the file was opened, it told my mother's last name and her last name was Gaffney, G-A-F-F-N-E-Y, Gaffney. And so then when I started researching that and when it's told about my information, they were all her relatives were from Gaffney, North Carolina, which is actually in Cherokee, North Carolina in that area, I believe. So then I was like, wait a minute. Her last name's Gaffney. She lived near Cherokee in Gaffney, North Carolina, right near the reserve. Like maybe that is true. Maybe, you know, I do have Native American in me and at someday I'll do 23 and me or one of those and find out. But I just thought that was so odd that he always said that. And then, then when I did find out where my birth mother was from, it was literally from near the Cherokee reservation. So I thought that was really, really cool. Super cool. No, I just Googled it. Um, According to Wikipedia, Gaffney is a city in and the seat of Cherokee County, South Carolina. That's cool. It's so crazy because the Smoky Mountains National Park, like there's a viewpoint there where you can, once you climb to the top, you can see into like four or five states from the top of that view. Is I definitely want to go there. But South Carolina is one of those. Okay, so great. Yes. We're going we're gonna to go visit Gaffney. Very cool. Anyway, I had a great trip. It was nice to just like unplug for a minute. And um, Astra and I had some great bonding time. It was her first camping trip. Well, that sounds like fun. 
was fun. I'm going to drag you to the next one. I've decided that I want to do Moab, Zion, and, and the Grand Canyon because they're all like, well, it's like road trip close and we can hit all three. I cannot believe I have never been to the Grand Canyon. I haven't been either. That's so crazy. And yeah. not to mention, like, I don't know why I say that. Like, my dream literally is to go to Big Sur and Carmel. And I, like, could drive there in probably, like, eight to nine hours or something like that myself. And I still have not been. And I've been in California 15 years. I need to just, like, start renting an RV and hitting the road. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Did you ever watch that movie Wild with Reese Witherspoon? You could do that, like, minus the hike. And minus the being alone in the wild. But you would just be in an RV. Alone? Yeah, you could do an RV version. I don't think so. I'm not that, I mean, I like like my space, but I don't know if I really want to be that alone. About how enlightened she was at the end of that trip. I know, but how about we do that? Because that's what I've been begging you to do. I mean, because here's the thing. So Reinhardt, Brandy's boyfriend, hasn't been able to come over from South Africa, and he was supposed to move here in May. And so now we're, it's looking like it's going to be 2021, you know, until people are allowed to fly in and out of South Africa or, you know, who knows what's going to happen because it changes day to day right now. So I said, Brandy and I should take advantage of this moment and get an RV and when things open up and, and, and we're allowed to travel and let's go see the United States because everybody thinks you have to leave the States to go see beautiful things. And, but really the most beautiful things are right here. And so we could just get in an RV and go from East coast to West coast in like three weeks and just see it all. I don't know. Switzerland's pretty beautiful. That's next year. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I'm a big um, advocate for that also. Even even just driving up to Gatlinburg this weekend, like I might have been in as a kid, but I really don't remember like, I don't remember ever seeing the mountains. Like the Smoky Mountains are so sick and they're just four hour drive from where I live. It's crazy. And to think like, you know, I travel all the way to Colorado to see the mountains every few months and stuff like that, but it's right there. And we, I feel like we really do like forget to explore our own backyard. So I hope you guys get out and see it. Get out and see America. Exactly. I love that. Let's see America. See America. Can we spend like a solid week in the Tetons? It's my fave. Uh, what is that? The Grand Teton. It's the sickest mountain range in the United States. Where? Uh, Wyoming. Oh, I would love that. Oh my gosh. So another thing about me, I'm obsessed with the movie, The Bridges of Madison County. I mean, like I sob at the end every single time I watch it. It is the best movie ever. Ugh. Meryl Streep and Clint Eastwood. Okay, literally, I'm going to have to watch it tonight. But anyway, it made me become obsessed with the bridges, the covered bridges in Madison County, because where I grew up in Kentucky, there were quite a few covered bridges. And the crazy part, and I think I did say this before, our, one of the first dates your dad took me on was to a covered bridge out in Argolot, Kentucky, where he grew up and stopped and picked me flowers. And the name of the road the covered bridge was on is called Old Town Road. No. Yes. I promise you. And my friend Missy, who still lives there, told me that when that song came out, people were still going to that road in front of that covered bridge and taking videos of them singing the song. We should be taking a video there. Seriously. I can't wait. But anyway, so anyway, I'm obsessed with covered bridges. And so I've just wanted to go to Idaho forever because Idaho has a lot of covered bridges. 
to hoe, you to hoe. <laughs> and, oh my gosh, Clint Eastwood was a photographer for National Geographic in the movie. And I feel, feel like I should get a film camera and just take pictures of all the bridges, covered bridges. That would give us a purpose to go to different places to see different covered bridges. Can you imagine if I did that and when I'm gone, you guys had a book, a photography of all the color covered bridges I shot and the trip that we went on and spent time together? Say covered bridges one more time. <laughs> covered bridges, covered bridges. <laughs> I can't even know. Covered bridges. Stuff about the covered bridges. Covered bridges. Tizzle. Okay, I'm stopping. Freak. Why don't you talk then? Well, you know what? I've decided. What's that? I've decided we need a little segment where we talk each week about our Amazon purchases. I agree. I like the idea. What are we going to call this segment? The funny thing is, is Brandy and I share a (laughs) Amazon Prime, I guess. Is that correct? And by share, it means like you pay the membership fee and I'm too cheap to, so I use yours. (laughs) So we see everything each other buys. And she'll be like, what is that? Or what, you know, so we end, we end up really, truly having these crazy conversations about our Amazon purchases because we see each other's all the time. You buy the weirdest stuff. Okay. The things that I bought that I got in this week that I am obsessed with and realize I will never buy a pair of expensive sunglasses ever again because I just constantly lose them. And I got a pair. And I can't remember how much they were, like $14.99, something ridiculous. And they're a solid black aviator. Since you can see me, I'm going to put them on. Tish loves an aviator. They look better than any designer sunglasses I've ever had on. And they are so lightweight. They do not give me a headache. They are so chic because they're black on black. They do look nice. And if I lose them, they were 14 bucks. You will lose them. So when you lose them, they were only 14 bucks. And I would be devastated if I, and I'm tempted to just buy like three pair because like they are incredible. Don't you love? Love. Are you going to post a link for the people? Yes, we should totally post the link. Donors, they want the sunglasses. Okay, great. Another stoner thing, this little thing, an electric lighter, and it is gold. You can get it in black, you can get it in silver, but you literally charge it like you charge your cell phone. And you never have to find, look for like light, uh, matches all the time. It just, it works perfect. Like what comes out of that? Like, is there, is there like butane in it? Like it's like, a, no, it's electricity. Look, turn it on. Wait, hold on. Listen. <laughs> it sounds like you're about to shock somebody. It, exactly. It looks like it's just an electrical current and it, it's amazing. That it was so cheap. And actually, I've used it a gazillion times and it is still charged. How much are we talking? I was thinking like 14 bucks or something for this too. That's crazy. I mean, it's amazing. Then, I was having this issue with my AirPods. Like, I hate more than anything when I cannot find something in the bottom of my purse. And my AirPods were one of those. And then as I'm on Amazon looking for something else, I see these little AirPod cases. Have you seen that? see oh I have one I have okay you do oh yeah so your airpods go down this little silicone case Mm -hmm. but the genius part is they've got this little clasp on it so I can clasp it to the top of my purse I can find them $7.99 for two (laughs) okay this was a genius idea why did I not think of this because you're too busy getting high all the time that is true but anyway I'm done I just I just thought I would share that because those are the things I got this week that were really exciting because, you know, you really were not leaving the house or I'm not. I'm still kind of locked down. Um, so I get real excited when the Amazon box shows up. I feel like I order really practical things on Amazon. 
Yours is all horse stuff. No. Okay. The last thing I ordered, thank you very much, is Method Laundry Detergent Packs in Beach Sage, which is my favorite <laughs> scent of all time. Okay. I ordered a face mask because the Rona. Oh, coffee. I always buy my coffee pods on Amazon. I get the Green Mountain Hazelnut. It's my jam. Your list is boring. Did you buy the selfie stick or did I? The what? Selfie stick. I bought one. Why does it say this is a gift order? Who are you gifting it? You sent it to dad? What? <laughs> the selfie stick. Yes, I did for his birthday. <laughs> My gosh. You got dad a selfie stick on Amazon for his birthday. Okay. So I mentioned it. I literally didn't say I was sending it. And then I said, like weeks later, I go, hey, I sent you a gift. Did you get it? And he was like, you mean that white stick? And I'm like, yes. It is for your phone, so when you do these Zoom things that you've been doing and play music, you don't prop your phone up with a pillow and <laughs> muffle the sound. And literally could not figure it out. He wouldn't even try. I was like, let's FaceTime and let me show you how to do it. No, nah, man, I got a good system. Okay, <laughs> but your system muffles the sound of your phone. Would not even use the selfie stick. The, the, the present went to waste. Is what you're saying. Okay. Well, anyway, that, that selfie stick is genius. So it's a selfie stick, but it also has little tripod feet that you can set it up and a remote that Bluetooth with your phone. Instead of having to do this, you just sit there, click and start talking. And it's genius. Selfie sticks have this. The remote? Yeah. Mine has it. Oh, but I also, well, this one's genius because of the tripod part. It is so great. So this is one of my favorites. It's the Integra Boost, um, which helps keep your weed fresher. It sure does. Integra specially brings you plant-based solutions for top-tier cannabis storage and packaging. And my favorite part is, is that with the terpenes, that you can kind of mix and match and make them different flavors and just kind of specialize your weed. Totally. Plus, they are precision-crafted, plant-based packs that are entirely food-safe, so they can be used with any of your cannabis products. Integra offers an array of sizes and relative humidity levels for storing flour, pre-rolls, gummies, blunt wraps, and so much more. For more information, check them out at www.integraboost.com or at Integra Herbal on Instagram. Use code SWS at checkout for 15% off of your next online purchase at www.integraboost.com. All right, guys, we want to give a quick shout out to one of our favorite sponsors, Nutrafol. I take my Nutrafol. Do you take your Nutrafol? I take my Nutrafol all the time. I do too. I'll have the one for 50 and over. I was going to say, there's a <laughs> few different formulas. Uh, there is one for women that are postmenopausal, yes, which is. would be my mother. <laughs> um, and if you're confused about like which formula of Nutrafol is right for you, you can go on their website and they do have a quick hair quiz that you can take. You just answer a few questions and then they will tell you which formula is right for you. If you aren't familiar, Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. I've taken it for years. I can tell a huge difference. I can too. I have such like baby fine hair and not very much of it, but I, my hair does not shed. Like it really doesn't. And some of my my girlfriends, like when they come on trips with me and stuff, their hair will be everywhere, like all over the sink and in the shower. I just do not lose hair like that. And I feel like you used to and don't anymore. I did. <laughs> <laughs>
Honestly, maybe, but I definitely do not anymore. Like, I barely even lose hair in my brush when I brush well, it out. Well, this is amazing. I'm so tell the stoners how we get it. Also, Nutrafol has a subscription that you can do so that it shows up on your doorstep. I do a subscription. Okay, so clutch. That way you never run out. All right, you guys, if you want to take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code STONED. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com promo code stoned. That's Nutrafol.com promo code stoned. All right, you guys, we want to tell you about another one of our sponsors. It's Lumi Deodorant. I think we've talked about them before. I keep one of these sticks in my carry-on bag when I'm traveling. I don't like deodorant. It's just one of those things that I never think to pack. So I just make sure I always have it on me. If you guys aren't familiar, Lumi is a whole body deodorant that was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how normal BO was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. This deodorant is baking soda free and paraben free, plus it's pH balanced for safe use. I know for me, like I've heard so much bad stuff about deodorant and like what's in it isn't great for you that a lot of the traditional ones that you can buy at your local drugstore just aren't cutting it for me. So I really love Lumi. Plus, they come in a variety of fresh, bright scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, which is my favorite, and they also have toasted coconut. And the great thing is, is you can use Lumi all over your entire body. So when you travel, it's so much easier just to have one product. Plus, they also have deodorant wipes, which are super clutch, especially if you're on like the red eye or an overnight flight. And they also have body wash, which is really cute. And it comes in a mini travel size as well. Lumi offers a starter pack that's perfect for new customers. And as a special offer for our listeners, all new customers get 15% off Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. Use code STONED for 15% off your first purchase of LumiDeodorant.com. That's code STONED at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Okay, moving on. Should we move on to Dear MT? I think we have a few voicemails to listen to. Dear MT. All right, I feel like, I feel like Tizzle is really going to love this. Oh, I love that. What can we say? Uh, the sizzle with Tizzle. <laughs> Sizzle with Tizzle, so good. Dear MT. Okay. I think you're going to love this because you know what Tish loves to do is is give advice about the entertainment industry. Here we go. Okay. Hi, it's Christine. So because I want to get into the industry and get into acting and because I plan on moving to LA um, in like this next coming January, I was just wondering um, what are your tips for getting into the industry for acting and what do you know about like pilot season and and is it hard to pick up an agent and is it hard to get acting gigs if you don't have an agent um anyways thank you so much Hmm. that is a hard question what no you have such good advice about breaking into the acting industry i feel you know what first of all it's kind of let me think about this I feel like I would need hours and hours and hours to talk about some of this. Okay, I'm going to start talking. Tish is going to come through with some real advice here. Okay, I've been out of the acting game for a minute. I wasn't really in it fully to begin with, but I did dabble in the situation in Los Angeles. And here are the few pointers I would give you. 
number one, first thing, get into some sort of acting class because A, it is the best way to get connected. B, it looks great on your resume. And C, it'll actually give you experience, which is really key when you're going in to actually audition in person is getting up in front of people and in front of cameras on the reg is going to save you when you have to go in and audition in a room with a casting director. It's because it's very intimidating. So the more you do it, the better you're going to be at it. That leads me to my second advice. Audition as much as you possibly can. Audition, 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 because the relationships that you make with the casting directors are probably going to get you a gig because you will see the same casting directors every week if you're auditioning as much as you should be and they will remember you and if you build a good relationship with them they'll keep you in mind for roles and then when they see you it'll click and they'll they'll make that connection so it's like really absolutely what else tish i mean that is so key and i think also just not getting discouraged during that process because it is intimidating. I, I can't even imagine ever doing that. Like I never understood why my kids wanted to do that. But I do know that the relationship that you start to have with your casting directors is huge. And they start to know your personality and the roles they think that you would be good for. And that way, when these scripts come into them and they're casting, you know, if you've built a relationship with them, they're going to think of you for a lot of these roles. And I think that is definitely key and just gives you such a leg up. Yeah. As far as having an agent, obviously that's going to help you, but I do know a lot of people that don't have agents and still audition. There's a lot of different websites that you can have a membership to. I know one is Actors Access where like literally anyone can get sent roles that um, are being cast in whatever city you live in, whether it's LA or Nashville or Atlanta or wherever. And, and you can submit yourself for those roles. So definitely do your research. And if you don't have an agent right away, you can still get plugged in enough to be doing auditions. And then the last thing I would say is, I know it's going to sound really cheesy, but the movie La La Land with Emma Stone, even though it's a movie, it is such a really good realistic representation of what it's like to audition. I don't know if mom, if you remember the beginning when she goes in to audition for something and she's like slaying her audition, like she's crying in the scene and she's killing it. And the casting director just like interrupts her 30 seconds in and is like, okay, we're good. And like, doesn't even let her finish. And like that it's brutal. Like it's, it is. And not let that get you down and move on and just start all over the next Next time. So, but that's why I think acting class is a big, a big help. And it really prepares you for stuff like that. I think so too. And like you said, audition as much as you absolutely can, because at some time it will become more comfortable and, you know, less intimidating. And I think that is just after the experience of doing it so much is going to be so important and actually getting, you know, a role. But there was something else I was going to say. Now I'm too stoned and I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> honestly you are great at this <laughs> honestly the two things you said are absolutely key. the only thing I will say about an agent if not an agent maybe a manager just because I mean it's also kind of sketchy out here mm -hmm. and you know people aren't always telling the truth and I feel like an agent or a manager is going to make sure these are like legit productions and you know, that they'll, they, they have all the information and you're actually going through someone. And I feel like sometimes you could put yourself in weird positions mm, yeah. if you don't have somebody representing you. Great. So. I think we slayed that advice. <clears throat> and Brian, what do you think about, did it help at all? Like being extras and things or, you know, 
so the, the reason she's asking me that, if you don't know, is I was a featured extra on Hannah Montana for like years. That's literally, that was my day job. It was insane. I was the Rico Surf Shop uh, employee for a while. And then I was uh, Hannah Montana's guitar player for a while. Uh, I did not know that you were in Rico's. I had my own Rico's t-shirt and I was the worker. I was, the, I was like the waitress at Rico's. How did you not know this? I didn't, I don't know. Here's what I liked about that is it made me familiar with how a set runs. And I think that that's really important for when you do get a gig. So I I had a small role in a horror film. And if I hadn't spent all that time as an extra on set, I wouldn't have been familiar with the way that stuff runs and how it works. And, And because I did all that, I felt really comfortable being on the set of a movie and actually having a role. So I do think it's good in that sense. But there are some people that say if you do extra work to not put it on your resume because then casting directors kind of see you as just an extra. So I don't know. That's I w- interesting. I would seek some advice from from a manager or, or maybe a fellow actor that, that would know better about that. But it's definitely, I mean, it's good experience to be on set no matter what. Yeah, even just learning like the different cameras, like it's camera A, camera B, camera C. So I do think putting in the work like that, even if you're not using it for your resume is a great idea. For sure. Well, now that we've done 10 minutes on it, you ready for an easy, an easier one, Tezel, since you're so stoned? Let's see what you think about this. Hey, Tish and Brandy. My name is Sarah. I'm from Iowa. I was wondering, Tish, your skin looks incredible, and I was wondering if you had any good tips for affordable skincare that um, all of us could use to make our skin look as good as yours. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you so much, Sarah. That is so sweet. I do get compliments on my skin, but one of the reasons that it looks great if you see these on my Instagram is because I have one of those ring lights that you put your camera in, so it makes your skin look real good. Your skin looks good anyway. But yes, like I actually use a friend of mine sells a product called Rodan and Fields. And it was the maker of Proactive and they started doing it for um, mature skin and not just acne products. It used to be sold in like Neiman Marcus and a lot of big retail stores. And they decided to take it out of those stores because women were wanting to start to work from home. So, so many people were wanting to work from home after they have kids or just for so many different reasons. So they pulled it out. It has been an amazing thing for her and her family financially, but the products are incredible and they're very affordable. Again, it's called Rodan and Fields. And you, I guess you would go online and um, just find like someone in your area that sells it. And it's just sent straight to your house every two months, which I love because I would go out and just buy so many products, not like them, throw them away, not use them, get something else, get bored. And because this just comes every two months, I know I save money because I don't go buy a bunch of stuff that I end up never using. Like this is what I use. And I have just loved it. I started out just supporting my friend and ended up being like such a massive fan of the products. So I would definitely suggest trying it because it's an amazing for every skin type. And I just, I've been so happy with it. And what? Sleep eight hours every single night. Something everyone can afford to do. Everyone. Sleep, Uh, sleep, sleep. I know this question was for Tizzle, but I love skincare, so I can't not answer. Uh, Affordable things everyone can do for better skin. Wash your face. Don't sleep in your makeup. It's horrible for your skin. Wash your face every night. 
number one. Number two, wear sunscreen. It's something I wish I'd started doing when I was younger because I spent so much time outdoors and didn't put sunscreen on my face. But now it's, I mean, it's the one thing that I'm so strict about when before I go to my horse, before I get out of the car to even go to the barn, I put sunscreen on my face. It's so important because like wrinkles, sun damage, brown spots, all that can be prevented if you just use an SPF. Also, I use, I use a couple of different uh, brands of products, but as far as affordable stuff that I really like, there's a new skincare line called Versed, V-E-R-S-E-D. Uh, I think it's sold at Target and I really like their stuff and it's very affordable. They have a cleansing balm that's really nice, especially in the winter because it keeps your skin hydrated. And I would say if you're um, kind of new to the skincare game, something that everyone can start using kind of no matter how old you are is like a vitamin C or a brightening serum. And you put it on before your moisturizer. And I would I would say that would be like the first step into like a more elevated skincare routine. Ugh. Washing your face. I always hate vitamin C serum. Love it so much. It gets rid of all my brown spots. Right I there. know, but does it make your skin feel dry a little bit? No, because I moisturize properly afterwards. Okay. <laughs> Just curious. Well, that was fun. Yeah, that was great. What else? Oh, high design. Do we have any design things? You're definitely high, so we got half of it going for us. Let me think. People, I'm sorry. People loved the whole uh, cable conundrum. Like, what do you do with that? I had so many messages about that. Your memory. Remember I told you I see like 8,000 cables when I look at my television? People Yeah. People were like, me too. What do I do? I want to get rid of my cables. Did I answer the question? Yeah, your answer was to freaking like drill a hole in the wall. Okay, let me just do it real quick. Oh, did they like my answer or no? I think so. I have a question. How many framed photos of your own dog hanging on your walls is too many, would you say? Framed? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe one. Pictures of Astra everywhere. That is not okay. I'm obsessed with her though. It's uh, no, this is, this is no, this is a no, no, no. Diverse art. I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really design, but it's, it's about home decor in a way. Okay. My biggest pet peeve in the whole world. (laughs) What's that? You would just call it a design pet peeve, even though it's really not design. Can't stand when people have a ton of crap sitting on their kitchen counter all the time. Like, I can't stand up when people have their, like, appliances sitting on the kitchen counter. I cannot deal. I can't even with a toaster on the counter. Like, put that in a drawer. Yeah, yours is in a drawer. I do have my toaster out, but, like, (laughs) I use it every single day. I have my toaster and my coffee pot, but that is it. The coffee pot's fine, especially if it's got a little aesthetic to it. Exactly. So, yeah. Oh, I feel like... A lot of people have asked me, like just friends and stuff, they're like, I don't want to pay a bunch of money for art. I want to, you know, whatever. And just like things that they could use to put on walls where they feel like, you know, something needs to be on the wall. And I was looking at, I honestly think it was on Pinterest. And um, I really did. It's like, but there was this entire wall that they had done in hats. Cause you know, I'll do that. Like mm-hmm. two or three little hats. And they had gone to a vintage store and bought hats for like a dollar and had all different kinds of hats, like in this one, on this one wall. And it was so cool. That is cool. It was just like little inexpensive things like that, that I think make such a difference instead of just thinking that you have to go buy just a print or a poster or something to, you know, put on the wall and to frame. 
that maybe everybody else has and you're going and buying vintage hats and making a piece of art on the wall that no one else is going to have. It's just completely unique. And I thought that was such a good design tip on just going and finding vintage pieces that you can put on the wall. And it could be anything, you know, it could be necklaces. Like I I love a big chunky piece of turquoise necklace. You've seen me do that. Love that. Hanging on the wall. Love. Anyway, that was, that's a good high design tip. It's a great tip. It's like she's, she's high up in the clouds. <laughs> Wait, do we need to have a good bar? Like where we, MC, Molly Cyrus coming in hot. Hi, mother. You're officially on my podcast. Mom. No, she, this is the one time you freaking answer your daughter. You need to hurry. I need mom. <laughs> I'm serious. I got stoned. <laughs> Call me back after. Um, wait, I just said, what can we say every at the end of every episode that has something to do with my ah something? <laughs> I gotta go. Call me. <laughs> Today, she called me like 400 times and I didn't answer. And then the next text I got was, you're mean. <laughs> That's everything. Literally, you're mean. I'm like, you have got to quit calling me. (laughs) Mother. Okay, so anyway. So I think last week we, you know, we had Anita on and we had never had a guest on before. And originally that wasn't part of the the plan for Sorry We're Stoned in the beginning. But I think that my mom and I agree that it was so awesome having Anita on. And, you know, we really enjoy making you guys laugh and smile and being silly and and fun. And we do want this podcast to be that. But I think we also like the idea of having a segment that we do not every week, but when we feel we want to do it, having a segment called But Seriously, uh, where we have on a guest to discuss important issues that have been weighing on our minds or that are currently happening in the world right now. And it's important that this podcast, you know, doesn't just make you laugh, but also makes you think about things. And there's a lot of issues that we're passionate about and are so excited to to talk about on here. So this is the official launch of the new segment, But Seriously. And we actually have on another guest today. Mom, want to intro our new guest? I do, because I am like, but seriously, Shirley Raines is one of the most inspiring people ever. I actually, I don't know if you guys saw her, but she was on Miley's show um, a few weeks ago on Miley's Brought Minded show. And that's how I came to know about Shirley and the things that she was doing. And I was just blown away. She is the founder of a nonprofit called Beauty to the Streets. And, and she is helping bringing personal hygiene, food, beauty services, community, all over Los Angeles to the homeless communities. She works every single day to help in every single way she can. We love her so much. And I just can't believe again that how big of a difference that one person could make. And, you know, like that was what was so inspiring for me about Anita, who we had on last week, you know, from someone that was being sex trafficked to now have starting the Sovereign Bodies Institute to Shirley, who is in the streets of LA every day, bringing hope to the homeless. Um, And so it's just so inspiring. And I really just want to give these women the glory they deserve on this podcast. So, so excited to welcome Shirley Rains to our show. All right, Stoners, we want to give a quick shout out to one of our podcast sponsors. Here she freaking goes. Mother, we need to tell the Stoners about Mood. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, is right. If you guys don't know, Mood is known for their federally legal THC. Oh. And now they're adding their most potent product yet to the lineup, which that's perfect for Tish. She loves the potency. Honestly, I love Mood. Yeah, well, great. They're, they're like, uh, they are so good. I, they really do have something for every single Mood. And it actually works the way it says that it does. Oh, it does. Yes, it does. What's your favorite product, would you and, say? You know what? I love their pens. Mm, They're okay. really good. Okay, cool. Yeah, Mood offers uh, things like flour, gummies, vapes, and more. And they have this THCA product that converts into THC when you heat it and you get access to the classic marijuana high. Mood's latest and most potent breakthrough in the world of legal cannabis. All of their products are regularly tested in third-party labs and sourced from small family farms and pesticide-free, which is so important. They have different strains for specific moods, hence the name of the brand. So whether you want like a euphoric, energized feeling or you're feeling more creative and want to chill, they have something for everybody and plenty of versatile products that go with whatever mood you're going for. Try Moods' new THCA flower today. For a limited time only, get 20% off your first order and a free THCA pre-roll. Just go to hellomood.com and use promo code SWS. That's hellomood.com code SWS for 20% off your order and a free THCA pre-roll. Cute. Girl, you look but... great. Your eyebrows look great, honey. I mine look all bushified. <laughs> Seeing you on Brought Minded was, I literally had so many people hit me up and be like, wow, like Aww. Shirley is incredible. Aww. And yeah, just so many people like how cool you are and how beautiful. And But going into that, the work you do is just amazing. Like mm -hmm. what really called you to do this? And it seems like you just are so passionate and motivated to keep doing it. And that's so inspiring. Like what really drew you to do this and keeps you inspired and passionate about continuing to do it? Well, first of all, thank you guys for the kind words. And that platform of Miley was amazing. Um, you know, everything I do is driven from pain. I think pain keeps me going. Pain is my purpose. You know, many years ago, I lost my firstborn child. I have six kids, but I have five living. And when my son um, died from an accident, I was devastated. I was 20, what, 21, 22 maybe? pregnant with my second daughter and just had every intention on killing myself after my second daughter, my child was born because I thought I can't live through this tragedy. And I fell into such a dark, dark place. I literally forgot to kill myself. So I literally like walked around in a fog for many years, close to 30 years, came down with panic and anxiety disorder, just was barely hanging on and, and just couldn't, even though I had five more kids, I could not find a purpose for the magnitude of pain that I had suffered in my life. And it was just crippling every single day. And my twin and I would have deep conversations. She's like, Shirley, you've been living like this forever. He wouldn't want to see you like this. You have to find a purpose. And I decided just to move. I'm like, let me do something. And that led me to going to a church where I met a person who was feeding the homeless. And he's like, do you want to come out with me one day? I'm like, okay, whatever. And it was probably the greatest thing God ever did for me in my life or life did for me to lead me in that direction. I went out there and all I saw was broken people. And I thought, oh my God, where have you been all my life? Like, this is me and I am them, you know? And that's how it, it happened very organically. But it was really me looking to heal a part of me or find a, find a reason why there is such a big broken part of me inside and what I can do with it. I know I couldn't get my son back, 
but I knew that I didn't want this pain to be in vain. And if there's something I can do with one of the most uh, horrific accidents of my life, then let me try to make some sense out of this. And that's what the homeless brought to it, some sense of it. Uh, I have a friend that says to me all the time, like, he actually helps get people sober. And he was like, if there's so many people that end up actually getting sober and staying sober are the people that take that pain and go help some, uh, someone else and other mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time that they really find healing. And mm-hmm. it sounds like that was so much the same for you. I literally have chill bumps because I can imagine, like I, I truly, as you, like God is such a center for me and a part of my mm-hmm. life that I make, I wake up each morning with such gratitude, but also mm-hmm. guilt sometimes mm-hmm. that, you know, why do I get to live the way I live? Yeah. I like, I can see where just giving back would help ease that pain to, you know, put your energy towards something else. And that's so incredible. And I have five kids too. And I like, I can't imagine losing one of them. Yeah. That pain I could never even imagine. Yeah. I live with it every single day. And I think that why no way has this healed me or taken away the pain. It just makes me relatable because I have so much pain. Mm -hmm. And when I meet other people in pain, I, I just feel like I can relate to them, but it doesn't, you know, I'm still taking my Prozac for my panic and anxiety disorder. Today's a bad panic and anxiety disorder day and I just have to eat it and suck it up. But it just it, it just makes me feel like, okay, at least I'm useful for something. Even though I'm broken, I have an assignment and I'm good at it. So, you know, sense of a purpose. I would love to have you back on and also talk about, I take Lexapro every day for my panic oh. and anxiety disorder. Oh, yeah. oh, and yeah. in 2004, still, I was pretty much agoraphobic that if I like, even when Molly was auditioning for Hannah Montana at that time, I never will forget the time that Brandy, she had to actually step in and bring Molly out to one of the final auditions because I could not leave my house. And so it, you know, it's something I've really dealt with and want to talk about on here too, because if I didn't take Lexapro every single day, um, you know, I, I literally don't know what would have happened to me. And I'm so thankful for that. And I think some people, you know, feel like if, you know, that's a weakness and I feel totally different. I'm so blessed that there was something that I could take that made me okay to step out my front door. So, but anyway, just, and you know, back on the subject, I think that we're finally like as a country starting to see so much injustice that has been right under our nose and we're kind of just waking up and I think it is a lot to do that you know people are filming on their phones so we're really seeing a lot of stuff that's happening that we really didn't understand the magnitude of but like when you are dealing with the homeless community do you feel like there's things that they would love to communicate to the general public like what they really want us to understand and hear yeah, I feel like, um, you know, like I said, you know, when I got out there and I decided to do beauty to the streets, I thought of changing the face of homelessness via makeup and, you know, little, you know, superficial things. But then I got into understanding there's a narrative that also needs to change when it comes to homelessness. And I think the people in the streets would love for the narrative to be changed. You know, the things we hear about them, the things that are being said, the reasons they're on the street, none of that is true. I think they want people to understand they want, they too once were housed. They too once had a job. They too once had, had a husband and loving children and a loving mother and a loving father and something just went south in their life. They want people to understand that 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 could be them at any given time. Ain't one bad hand and that could be them. Absolutely. And I think that's the narrative that, that they want people to understand. Yes, there are drugs out there. Yes, 
there's alcoholics out there, but that is not what led to homelessness. That's what helps them cope with being homeless. That's what helps women cope at night. They would rather detach from their body than to be present in their physical form. And that is why you see her drinking on the corner. That is why you see them drugged out. It is not what led to homelessness. They got homeless because of loss of a job or depending on a man to take care of them. And, you know, being that homemaker, he decides he's going through a midlife crisis and he wants a younger wife and here she is with no skills and she can't work and he's not willing to support her and one thing leads to another and she's homeless they have so many stories to tell that are so relatable but no one will listen to them people don't want to hear it i don't understand why but i think that is something they would want to relate to people i am you and you are definitely me a hundred percent. And, you know, anytime that I've had conversations about homelessness and people bring up the drugs and the alcohol, if you are sleeping on the street and you have no food and you are begging for like, I would be doing drugs and drinking as well to cope. You know, once you're in that situation, like I can't imagine that I could cope without those things. And you know, with this pandemic and everything that's been going on, I feel like we're going to go back and be locked down again. People are also going to, there's more job loss and stores that aren't going to be able to reopen. And I'm thinking in six months from now, the homeless population is going to grow in, in drastic ways. And that's why I feel like talking to you was so important. You know, one of the other things we talked about and have kind of been a common ground in a lot of conversations we are having is with the LAPD, you know, within the homeless community. Is there a presence on Skid Row and helping out with the homeless communities? You know, is are the effects good? Is it a mix? Like, is there a problem with with that situation in the homeless communities? Um, You know, the relationship that the police officers have in the community with the homeless is an abuse of power relationship. It has been for so very long. Nobody wants to talk about the truth, but it is time for us, especially what's going on in the world right now, for us to open our eyes and not continue to be silenced about these things. And it's an abuse of power. When the police come down the street, I can see the fear in the eyes of the people in the street. I see how they try to stand up a little more I still I see how they try to not be so black and hunch over so that they're not seen. I see the insecurities. As a mom, I recognize the insecurity in these in these people. And I'm like, what is going on? And I'll turn around and there'll be a police car. I see the intimidating stares that the police officers give from the car window. They don't say hi, they don't treat them as human. They're actually a problem for them and have been so very for so very long and just pretty much just a waste of their time. They treat them like a waste of space. And this is not the that I'm just saying because of where we're at in this day and age. This is something I have seen and I fight all the time. I constantly am having conversations with the police officers saying, you are supposed to protect and serve. We are trying to help the community. We, we're not trying to fight you. We want to work with you. But we've become a nuisance as well because in their eyes, we are keeping the situation going. We're perpetuating something and they don't seem to understand it's never going to be resolved. But in their mind, we are creating a problem. Why do you keep coming out here and feeding? And why do you keep encouraging this? We're in no way con- encouraging homelessness. We're just feeding those who are hungry. But this is a constant fight. There has been no kindness down there. I've seen it. I've gotten, I can't tell you how many tickets for parking in the red to feeding the homeless when there's 10 other cars parked in the red and there's no owners on the, by the cars. I've paid countless tickets. I've paid countless tickets for my team members. It, it just is a never ending battle. And I am, I don't even talk to them anymore. The relationship I have with LAPD is zero. I don't even wave or talk to them anymore. I'm so just done with how they treat the homeless. I can't handle it anymore. 
Wow. That is so disappointing and so sad. They started giving out $90 tickets to anyone that didn't have a mask on and the city was not providing masks. We were providing masks, but they started giving out tickets for people during COVID-19, not let's get them housed, not let's, even if, if you gave them a mask and they weren't wearing it, I could give you that get out of jail free card. Yes. But you're not even providing a mask to people who have no house or no clothing. And you're saying, here's a $90 ticket because I see you with no mask on. While they themselves were handing out a ticket with no mask. And when I would say, where's your mask? They would say, we don't have to wear one. We're law enforcement. I'm like, that is absolutely incorrect. You are supposed to wear one. You are supposed to set the example. And you sounds know? like our president. And then my mouth gives <clears throat> me a ticket for parking in the red because I'm too mouthy, you know? So, oh, I, I'll fix you. I'll give you a ticket too since you want to mouth off. You know, it's, it's disgusting. It's despicable. It all is. And that was my next question about our government and the response to homelessness. What do you envision? Like what needs to happen where we really see results? Especially like we talked about even with us. If I didn't take my Lexapro, like yeah. I am not good. Yeah. I, like I am panicked. I am anxiety. I am like, I would be losing my mind without my Lexapro. Like how, yeah. like as far as like even mental health, like what do we need to see from the government to actually just help and really make a change in these well, communities? I think, I think the thing is like, you know, even when it comes to a self-medicating and you taking your Lexapro, you jumped in and you started taking your Lexapro when you became agoraphobic, when you couldn't leave the home, you saw a problem and you didn't wait until it was too late. You started treating the problem when you could. If you'd have waited until it was too late, there's probably nothing you could have done. You might, you know, be locked up somewhere mentally ill, but you stepped in as I did with my medication. We are at a point right now where this was simply a wound that could have been fixed and it's a gangrene situation now. There are over 67,000 homeless people in LA County alone. It's gone up, I think, what, 12% since 2019 and it will go up again in 2021 due to the COVID-19 outbreak. Yeah. Those numbers are too high. There's absolutely no plausible way that those many people can be housed. So I think that the government, the city, I think they're working, they're looking at it from the wrong direction. Right mm -hmm. now, my thing is what, what is possible for us to do? You know, there are people who pay. You take your kids, it's a treat to go camping. You get your sleeping bags, you get nice blankets, you get a lot of food, and you go pay to sleep outdoors. I look at the homeless and I'm like, they're on a really long extended camping trip. Let's get them the things that they need. It's impossible to house those many people, but it's not impossible to start cleaning up the streets to make the streets livable until we can start housing them. So let's get the porta potties out there. Let's get showers oh, for them. Let's get amazing. the trash department to come out two to three times a week to clean up the trash. Let's start cleaning up things so there aren't, there aren't vermins on the street. Let's make this a glamping trip until we can house them. Because if we give them the necessities that they need to make the streets comfortable, that gives us more time to build the structures to house them. Once you get the streets more comfortable for them, let's bring in some therapy. Let's start um, evaluating some of the people who should be on some of these self, you know, medications for, you know, depression and schizophrenia. Let's start bringing in counseling now. So when we get them in a housed community, it's not foreign to them. They don't buck them, they run. Let's start providing AA for them and, and narcotics for, anonymous for them. Like, let's just start from the streets and let's get it livable from that aspect. And then let's worry about the building later. I absolutely am obsessed with that because I've never really thought of that. But just my love, you know, is I love my house. It's my sanctuary. It's mm -hmm. like where I'm comfortable and feel safe. And mm -hmm. 
if I feel like, because I'm very, like I'm OCD, like organized, it's the only way I really function and how you feel about yourself also stems from, you know, where you're laying your head down at night, where yes. you're waking up. I feel yes. like if we gave them a place that they are comfortable in and we help them clean up and give them that where they something they can also even be proud of, even living on the streets. And I think also other people would feel more comfortable going in and doing the AA meetings and help with Mm -hmm. mental health. I think that like is such an an easy and amazing solution and start. And like you said, while we're building places for these people to go, let's make the streets somewhere that they can live and be comfortable and be proud. Honestly, that's something I would love to be a part of. I just think that that that's an amazing idea. It truly, truly is. Yeah, I wish they would see it from that perspective. I mean, like I said, of course, nobody wants to be on the street. You know, we can no. even get to the point of building tiny homes and stuff. I just, this is how I see it because I don't, you know, if we could keep talking about housing and we're trying to build this and we're trying to build that. And the reality too, Tish, is that you may get a percentage off the street and put them in housing and they'll buck and they'll run. And I've seen it because normality has become the streets yes. for them. They don't know what to do with the clean apartment. They don't know what to do that they actually use the toilet and they flush it. You know, we get comfortable with dysfunction. Sometimes a woman doesn't want a good man because she's so used to be treating poor, treated poorly. When a good man comes around, she doesn't recognize it. Same with the homeless. Sometimes That's they get true. a good situation and because they're so used to dysfunction, they would rather go back to the streets than to deal with this. By no means does it mean they don't want the help. It just means they're not equipped mentally to handle the good that's coming their way the homeless have to learn that my value is this i'm better than the streets and then they will leave the streets but that needs to come from mental healing so i hate to say it because most people don't understand it but housing is not the priority because they won't stay housed if you put them down they don't know how i met a lady years ago her name was joanne and i became very close to her she was homeless in pasadena and it's a long story and it's an incredible story but that was absolutely true at the end of the day she really did not want off the streets she wanted a better situation but she didn't really want off the streets and also she felt like she had a purpose there and it was an incredible story that i'm, I'm gonna let brandy ask the last question because i've done nothing but talk so <laughs> <laughs> well no i actually so Every, everything that we've talked about is, I feel like I, I'm just learning so much just by hearing Shirley talk. And we never really started out the episode with Shirley telling the listeners exactly what Beauty to the Streets is. So Shirley, I would kind of love for you in your own words to just talk about what exactly you do besides feeding the homeless, because what you're doing is so incredible. And I think it's a great stepping stone where the homeless community can feel, you know, like a, a little bit more human. You know, I think like I watched a couple of your YouTube videos where you you talk about how, yeah, makeup and stuff seems like, you know, really trivial, but it makes someone feel like a human being and it gives them the confidence they need to um, like know their value. So I just would love for you to tell everybody exactly what it is you do and also like how you got started doing it, because I think it's really overwhelming to be one person and not know how you can make a difference, but you did that. You were one person that started this and now it's this incredible movement. And I would just love to hear kind of the, the first like stepping stones you took to making this a reality okay thank you well you know beauty to the streets is is just what it sounds like we take beauty to the streets whatever that looks like in our community of la county beauty looks like hair and makeup and you know clothing and hygiene and things like that but Every time I passed out food and clothing, they were like, oh my God, your makeup. Oh my God, your hair. Oh my God, you smell so good. And I'm like, 
do you guys want these things? Because see, no one told me that homeless people were still looking for things like this. And they were like, could you please give us these things? I'm like, oh girl, yeah, I got eyelashes at home. I got makeup at home. You know, I had a lot of things I hadn't used. So I started taking that out to the streets and I started taking hair color out to them. And um, I would come back the next week and they hadn't used it. And I'm like, what's wrong? Didn't you like the hair color? They're like, we don't have water to wash our hair. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't think about that. I tell you what, I'll boil water and I'll bring water out here. And do you want me to just do your hair for you? Would you just like me to do your makeup? They're like, can you? And so it kind of started really organically. And then I started saying, oh my gosh, like I'd seen so many things on TV about the homeless, but no one ever said that they wanted these things. And then it hit me like, you know what? They want to look good for the husband that they have. Just because they sleep in a tent doesn't mean that they don't want to look good and smell good. And I think they desired all of these things. But when you think about giving back to the homeless, we, we give things that we think that they want, like food and water and clothing. But why can't their needs and desires be met as well, like hair and makeup and smelling good and fingernail polish? And, you know, they just lit up. When I saw their face, they just lit up. And it's like, you know, looking good and feeling good is kind of related. You know, as a girlfriend, if you have a breakup and your girlfriend sees you crying and you look like crap, the first thing she says is, come on, girl, I'm going to take you to get your hair done. Come on, I'm going to take you to get your nails done. Now, you're still going to go home and you still have no man because you still broke up. But your friends took you somewhere that knew that you, it would brighten up your spirit. And that's just to have your hair and makeup done. And it's not all superficial. It's the fact that when I do their hair, we're scrubbing their head. It's the, it's the human touch aspect as well. When I tilt your head back to apply your eyelashes, my hand is touching your chin. For somebody who has it, women get touched all the time in Skid Row and not in a good way. Mm. Touch to a woman in Skid Row is very fearful. Very rarely does someone touch them with love. And I realize that as we scrub their hair and as we apply eyelashes and as we do certain things, we're touching with love. We're touching men with love. So I think a lot, it's a, it's a mixed thing. It's some of them want it and some of them, some of them just want to be touched and sit there for an hour and be acknowledged. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of how um, Beauty to the Streets evolved. And, you know, my, so people started seeing it on social media and I was very lucky to get a lot of people that wanted to help out with this movement. We did take a lot of criticism in the beginning, girl. People came from my throat you know, you should get them housing. This is a waste of money. This is this and this. As a woman who buried a child, I started putting on eyelashes and doing bold colors on my hair and big hoop earrings because I was tired of looking in the mirror and seeing a woman who buried a child. I wanted to play an adult game of dress up and make believe to pull myself out of my circumstances. And why doesn't, the, why don't the homeless have the right to want to feel the same way? So that's and kind I, of what I, it was. Yeah. And I think it's exactly like you said about also, you know, giving them places on the street that makes them feel human. I think both of these things yeah. are things that could make such a massive difference for them mentally. And mm -hmm. I just, I absolutely love what you're doing and I think it's incredible and inspiring. And I think it's the most important thing to educate people on is that one person can make a difference. It's just Thank getting so up much. and getting started and doing it. And it is hard to get started. Yeah. It's scary. It's like, what, how, well, how do I get started? What do I do? But you can do it. And you guys, you know, are just such great examples and think, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. And I just want to have you on more and, and do more with you because I think you are such an amazing inspiration to oh, everyone. Thank you so, so much. I feel like there's so many things we can dive into to educate the community. Yes. Ways that people 
people can help when they don't even know they can help. I know we don't have enough time today for it, but there's so, I mean, this is not even the tip of the iceberg. There's so many things that we could talk about, you well, know. that's why I think Shirley needs her own podcast and we're discussing that. So um, you love that with them. <laughs> I plan on absolutely having you back on and um, oh, talking to you so much more. And just thank you so much for taking time before out we, today to be with us. Of course. Awesome. Thank you, Shirley. I just wanted to say before we let Shirley go, I know you said there's a million different things that, you know, that, that you guys need and, and a million ways to give, but what are, um, what are some practical ways? Like if someone's listening to this podcast and wants to help you with beauty to the streets and, and help you do more and what, how can we help? Like what can our listeners do? What do you guys need? Tell us where to go. Oh, absolutely. They can go to our website, beautytothestreet.org. And we try to make it a way for people to donate however is comfortable for them. So monetarily we have, you know, our, our cash apps and all these things. And then we have an Amazon wish list, which we put the blankets and sleeping bags and tents, the things that the people need, as we talked about earlier, to make the streets more livable. We put all those things on the Amazon wish list. They can go there. If you have things at home, we have a, a mailing address where you can mail and ship clothing. We take face-to-face clothing drop-offs in LA on Saturdays. I mean, we try to make it very easy for people to donate, but all of these things are very necessary and needed. Your, your old clothing, if you're cleaning out your closets, which I think a lot of people are doing right now during COVID-19, they're doing some deep cleaning. Do not throw your towels away. Do not throw your old sheets away and blankets. There are people who literally sleep on top of the concrete and they could use everything that you have, your your pillowcases, everything is of value. Pillowcases are luggage bags out there in Skid Row. They can carry their belongings in them. So everything that you have. So we do have a, a mailing address where people can get things like that to us as well. That is incredible. That they're is so good to know. Oh um, yeah, they're gold on the street. They're gold. <laughs> amazing. Okay, yeah. great. That's I'm yeah. Brandy. Thank you for asking. That's amazing. Okay, yeah. well you'll hear from us soon. And thank you so much for today. Thank you. Have a blessed day, you guys. You too. Bye, Bye Shirley. Bye everybody. I'm obsessed with her. You're hilarious. She is amazing. Actually, I feel like next time I'm in LA, even though I don't know when that's going to be, I think it'd be really cool if you and I went down and did this with her. Well, I'm not that I'm very good at hair and makeup, but I just feel like any little thing I could do to be a part of it would be super cool. She is so incredible. And like all the ideas that she has just make so much sense to me. And I really do want to help her be a part of it. But she, her energy is just so inspiring and just like gets me so excited and wanting to help. And yes, as soon as you come, we have to go be a part of that. Yeah. What she's doing is really, it's just very, very creative. I just feel like your mind wouldn't just go to thinking that like homeless people need hair and makeup or hair, hair color and something like that. But it reminds me a lot of when I was in Honduras, I think it was the end of last year. But I, for those that don't know, I go to Honduras um, with a group, a nonprofit called Humanity and Hope, and we work in these three villages. And this last trip, like normally what we do is we go in and do like manual labor. And we did do a little bit of that, like helping them build bathrooms and painting houses and stuff like the huge. And then this last trip, my friend Ben Higgins, uh, his mom was on the trip with us and she had this idea to do a spa day for the women in the village. And I immediately was like, Oh, I'm thinking like, oh, I, I would rather build something or, you know, do something that's going to last for them, like a spa day. I don't know. And I was kind of skeptical about it. It was the best thing we have ever done as an organization. The women 
absolutely loved it. And it was just so cool to see that it really carries so much weight with them that we were, you know, like waiting on them and just like pampering them. And the people, like, they just loved it so much. And it was the coolest thing to see something like that, that I really didn't think would make that big of a difference, make an even bigger difference than building a bathroom, which seemed so important at the time, you know? Um, I know. And that's, I feel like that's what Shirley said, just human touch and communication on such a personal level to, is so meaningful to them. Yeah, I think so. And I think that probably like fills up their soul so much that it really has like an even longer lasting effect than something like a building could in a way. So absolutely. And I think it encourages everybody to kind of get out of their own way when it comes to feeling like you're helpless and you can't do something to, you know, to help someone like you can. And it's cool. I think she's amazing. Me too. More but seriously segments. This is great. I know. I love the but seriously segments. Yeah. All right, Tiz. Well, you know, I'm, I've got some puppies to take care of and stuff, uh, but I'm excited about our weekly podcast. You guys, thank you so much for listening. I'm, I'm just going to call them the stoners. I know you think it's funny, but the stoners... Thank you guys so much for listening. If you could go on to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, you can talk crap about us in the comment if you want to, but give us five stars. But we would love to hear how you guys are liking the podcast, what you don't like about it, but just give us five stars. Um, and just, you know, some feedback. Also, um, sharing about our podcast helps us greatly. Like we're trying, you know, it's new. We're trying to get it off the ground. We're trying to grow it. And just, we love messages on Instagram to know what you guys are liking about it and what your favorite segments are. And if you have guys have any ideas of, like people, a guest you would want us to bring on for this new uh, segment, this But Seriously segment. We would love that feedback as well. And we look forward to chatting with you guys next week. See <laughs> y'all later. Bye, y'all. Bye, stoners. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.